0: It's such a a powerful thought, such a profound truth that he gets us, (laughs) that God is touched by the feelings of our infirmities, that Jesus, as a human being, fully God but fully human, enters infinitely into our experiences by his spirit. He gets us. He gets you. He gets us in our sin, in our mistakes. He gets us in our flaws. He gets us in our pain. He gets us in our suffering. He gets us in our troubles. He gets us when we blow it. He gets us when when we celebrate. He gets us. It's a privilege to stand as your pastor today and to remind you that the Christ Journey Church exists to help people. We help people. We help people find and follow Christ who gets us. And that's so significant in days like today where for some traumas are being relived and wounds have been reopened and and um, fears and uncertainty are present. For others who are celebrating answered prayer, as, uh, as we remember the overturning of Roe versus Wade in the Supreme Court's decision, I'm saying, I'm saying that as some are clapping, other hearts are hurting. And it's not because it's a political thing. Please, hear your pastor. In the- this is not a political issue. This is about people. We help people. This is what our church exists to do. People who have a plethora of experiences, a history, and a hurt. And oh my goodness, this issue has history and hurt all around it. So I want to say to the God who gets us and to a watching community, a world that's watching, that he desires to bring healing into our deepest hurts. He desires to bring faith to meet us where we're so afraid and where polarization and division want to separate. God is saying, I want to let you know how I love you and restore a family that's been broken so lord jesus would you help us today to be your people in our world in a way that helps all people experience your healing and your help is that a prayer you could say amen to amen you ever felt like you were losing your head you yeah, know i don't mean literally losing your head but you know, there is crazy, there is that. You ever feel like you're going crazy? Like you're coming unnerved or maybe a bit unraveled that your mental peace of mind is at risk. Like somebody's just out to take, you know, it's like, man, trying to get my head off with his head. Forces beyond your control, trying to move in on you. I am uh, reminded, maybe you remember this story. True story, Egyptian authorities recovered the priceless head of a 3,300-year-old statue of Ramses the Great. They found his head. The chief of Egypt's tourist police told reporters that they had broken up a ring of monument thieves who had literally sawn off the head, the one-ton head of this Ramses the Great statue from 19th century Egypt, 19th century dynasty statue. And the head belonged to Ramses the Great, Ramses II, Ramses the Great, the monument builder of ancient Egypt. Some scholars believe that he was the cruel Pharaoh that uh, Moses faced in the Hebrew ex- exodus. Now, if you visit Egypt, you'll see his images everywhere, statues everywhere. And, um, and the reason I'm telling you that story today was because as they sawed off his head, including the crown that was on it, um, sometimes the world can feel like that. Like, man, somebody moving in on me. How do you keep your head in a world like this? Where it feels like somebody's always after it. And if you manage to keep it, then how do you keep your head on straight, as the saying goes? You know, how do you keep your peace of mind? Where do you find your, your center in the middle of this kind of world? And in our heat gets us focus. We have been taking a closer look at the biblical foundations for the very popular 12-step recovery program. Maybe you didn't know. You probably heard about the 12 steps. Maybe you didn't know that there was a biblical theological foundation to the 12-step recovery program. And so what we're doing is trying just to open that up and unpack that and see how God has designed for us as his people to find peace of mind, to find clarity of thinking, to find improved mental health and restored sanity in a world where it feels like somebody's after my head. The step 11 reads like this. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. Now did you know that was in the 12 steps? That praying and meditating and asking God to show us his will for us and then giving us power to carry it out, that's right there in the 12 steps? Where did they get that? Three requests. An improved conscious contact with God in our understanding a growing knowledge of His will, His will for my life, and then the power to carry it out. Isn't that interesting? That those three requests also show up in the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians, chapters 1 and 3. Now, it doesn't take long to read the letter to the Ephesians. I would encourage you to read the whole thing. But chapter one and three, Paul offers a prayer that covers the same three requests. Listen to it, here's from chapter one. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That's a relationship of conscious contact that grows out of understanding, right? Okay, here's the next request. I pray also that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened, that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Hope for your days ahead. I hear in that, and you'll see it even more clearly in the chapter 3 prayer, but, um, but an understanding of God's will that he has called us to better days ahead. And then third, and In chapter one, you'll see the request for power, but I've woven in here for the one from chapter three, so you'll see the similarity in the prayers. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power, through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The power, did you see that, the three requests, here they are. Paul's praying for the same three things a deepening of a real relationship with him that you may know him better, an understanding, a growing understanding of his will, that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened to the hope that he has for you in the days ahead. And then third, he says, experience empowerment, strengthened by his spirit. So the way we're saying it in the he gets us is this. Jesus wants to get closer to me, in me. He wants to work in me, through me, so I get closer to God, seeking to get closer to God, and in these three points of impact, personal relationship with God, understanding of God's will, and then the power to pull it off. Now, rather than me talk about that today, I want you to have the opportunity of hearing how it is being lived in the life story of somebody for real. Pastor Ralph, our pastor of engagement, Ralph, would you welcome him? Hey, Ralph, come on up here, buddy. Woo! (laughs) This is a woo day. I'm so happy to have you here and to be able to to share you with everybody that's connecting with us here in the Gables campus, but especially those that are joining us online. Many people, probably a lot of people who have been following us online today, this will be the first time they've experienced you. So what I'd like to do is just have a little quick Q&A. You can Help us get acquainted with some of you. Okay. Okay? Like, for instance, how long have you been a part of this church family?
1: I've been a part of the Christ Journey family now for 27 years, Um, and that's due to an invitation that was given to a group of us uh, by one of our teachers, my fifth-grade teacher at that time.
0: A fifth-grade teacher in public school. And 27 years, that's before we had the name Christ Journey. Correct. But at UBC, University Baptist Church, a fifth-grade teacher invited you At public school to come to this church that's how you got here that's how i got
1: here and even back then now that you said that i remember we used to baptize in robes and we had nice organ pipes where the screens are now (laughs) so it's been a long time it really has
0: (laughs) and what was that fifth grade teacher's name his name
1: name was or is caleb lopez yeah
0: caleb lopez okay wait a minute you mean like angie lopez that we know and helps us in leading worship correct okay before Angie and Caleb were a thing, you know, I mean, they met each other, married here. I have got to officiate their wedding. But Caleb Lopez was already inviting in public school some students to come to this church. And you're one of them. That's how you got here.
1: That's how I got here. I attended with a group of them. And that's it. My life has been perfect ever since. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't go like that.
0: <laughs> you're lying. Yeah, you yeah. know, it, I can't.
1: You could read it on my face, Bill. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just remember we started attending, and I would say until I was like 15, 16, I was well involved in the church, finding ways to serve, and then I just drifted. You know, I started to look uh, for happiness outside
0: of church. Yeah, there's, some of us know personally what it's like to wander away from God or to drift away from our relationship, and that happened to you in your teen years. Right. How did you get back?
1: I would say one of the things that drew not only me back but my entire family to this church was about 11 years ago as my wife and I were just trying to find happiness. I remember for my, my, my personal story, at least for myself personally, I was just trying to find happiness and joy in all of the other things outside of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I was trying to repair the things that were broken or trying to fill those empty spots in my life with other things outside of Christ. Um, Until one day, we made a decision just to attend Christ's journey as a family. Mm. At that time, our son was two years old. Um, But since then, we've now been in ministry together, full-time ministry.
0: caused you to think that this would be a place to come back to?
1: I just remember happy moments. I remember having a purpose here when I was younger. I think um, a lot of the things were just choices that I made pushing myself away from God's purpose for my life um, and really not feeling uh, fulfilled with it at that time. Yeah. Um, but God sure had a way to turn that around for yeah, me. Yeah.
0: So when you came back, you found some reasons to stay.
1: To stay, correct. Um, One of the main things is I never wanted to reproduce uh, pretty much the broken home that we had when I was a child. Um, And this was a perfect opportunity through Christ and just different practices to just align my Mm. life to what the true principles for a father should be, right? Um, So we've been now attending uh, pretty much church for 11 years. Uh, working in ministry for 10 years. And since then, God's given us a beautiful daughter. She's, Her name's Abigail. She's six years old now. Uh, but it's just been blessing behind blessing. But also there's been a lot of storms in between.
0: Yeah. Well, and you've also served as pastor of Kendall Campus. I don't know if everybody knows that, that this... Ralph, you you have served as our Kendall Campus Pastor for how long?
1: For four years, I got to serve as the Kendall Campus Pastor. And, you know, as we're talking about that, I just want to say thank you to everyone who was a part of of that. Um, During the hardest time of my life, I saw others Mm. come around me, not only to be a community of supporting community to me and my family, but also to help embrace this merger that happened between Kendall and Gables. Um, This is not a thing that one person could have accomplished, but at that time, I know that God was calling me to be at the front and to lead, so on and so forth. But I found out, I found out about a week after uh, Bill and I had had a conversation, um, I just wasn't gonna be in the front line. Mm-hmm. I ended up being sidelined and ended up in the hospital mm-hmm. at that time in
0: February. And we're going to hear more about that because yes. that's part of the story that's informing uh, your understanding of this text today. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm introducing Pastor Ralph to us as our pastor of engagement here at Christ Journey Church. And I know you're wondering, Okay. What's a pastor of engagement, you know? I'm single. I'm looking for the... (laughs) Should I talk to Ralph and he'll help us find our, you know? You know I'm yanking your chain. Yeah,
1: no. I'm not going to be helping in that department like that. But it's very close because I want to make sure that, number one, everyone has a close relationship with Christ. But the second part to it is just making disciples of Christ. That's a passion that God's given me. Mm. Even as I was a, a leader at Kendall or over at Key Biscayne, I just remember constantly pointing to towards Christ. And that's just what I want to do is help people become a little bit more spiritually fit and rely on Him during their difficult times.
0: Well, building spiritual muscle makes you a perfect fit for these questions. Hmm. And what I'm going to do today, uh, I get to be part of our listening, uh, worshiping, participating group. And so I'm going to listen. I'm just going to throw out the questions and then listen to the story, enter your story, and then maybe uh, give a little feedback as to what I'm hearing along the way. And so here are the questions. The first one is how can you and I experience a personal growing relationship with Christ? Let's just start there. What would you say?
1: So one of the first things that I realized as we were reading these verses from Ephesians is that we receive a big blessing, an immersive like a huge blessing from the Lord as we read through it, Um, especially when we find time to connect with Christ at all times, especially during our most difficult um, times because we're learning to trust the gospel and also learning how to live with him during those difficult times. What that means is becoming a disciple daily. Every day you are working towards being a disciple and yes, even during your most difficult moments. See, this past year mm. hasn't only been a huge blessing for us because God's literally given me life today. It's been filled with a lot of challenges. This past year alone was one of the hardest, hardest times of my life when it came to my spirituality, mm. when it came to my health, when it came to me as a leader. You know, as I reflect back, I spent 38 days in the hospital, and those were only 38 days in the hospital where I was just focusing on, God, what is your purpose for my life right now? God, will I get to see my children again? It's not when will I see them, it's if I get to see them again. And another thought that kept on just coming up in those 38 days was the constant battle of my flesh versus God's will. You see, in those 38 days, I really needed to go through the troubles that I did, the separation of community, the, the battle of my flesh versus his will, because I learned an important lesson while I was there, that I am not in this alone. Mm. God gave me a lot of people. He also gave me a lot of different things that I can do in order to connect with him better. But the important thing is that as we grow in a relationship with Christ, as we're walking with him, his spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation will help us to know the father better. it help us to know Abba, our heavenly father better. Just because you don't see him, or maybe you don't feel him like you used to in those problems that you've had in the past, that does not mean that he is not working in your current circumstances. Mm-hmm. If anything, he is working more in those crossroads that you're experiencing, in those challenging moments. That's why it is important for us during the hard moments to really reflect. And the hard moments, meaning those moments where you're like, what's going on? Why is this happening to me? At those moments where you're just wondering, how can I overcome this situation? Or even when you get that feeling that you just can't on your own, reflect on what God's trying to teach you through that moment. Because there is a scary reality within this that feeling of not not being able to do it on your own is something important that we need to focus on. Mm -hmm. Because if we are putting our trust in something and it's not Christ, then we are giving that something, that someone more importance than our father, Mm -hmm. than his purpose for our lives. See, having a relationship with Christ, having a relationship with the father is key to overcome any obstacle, any problem that you have present in your life or will endure in the near future. See, there are moments that are extremely difficult. They're gonna stretch us, I mean, not only physically, but in our faith, in everything that we know about God. But we have to set aside all pride, all previous understanding, or even what we want right now. What we want, we have to set it aside so that we can focus and connect with the father's will mm-hmm. see the Father wants us to trust him and know him more, or as we're reminded in James chapter four verse 10, to humble ourselves before mm-hmm. the Lord why do we do this? because he will lift us up if we humble ourselves before him but first we have to make a choice
0: to connect with him, to choose Christ so um, what I hear you say <laughs> is that being connected with Christ is where it all flows. Having a relationship with Christ and the Father is where uh, you found that how you get to know God is through Christ in your relationship with the Father. But this trial that you went through hmm. really pushed that one to the limit, to the mat which said, what do I really have when I don't have answers? Because I heard you saying that. Why this? Why me? Why now? How do I get through this? All those questions. So you had a lot of questions. But then the answer that I heard you say was, trust and lean on this relationship you have with Christ. Is that close? You know, that's
1: right on. We have to lean into him. If not, then we're running away from his purpose.
0: And then you said at the end, humble yourself before before God. And then he will lift you up. Amen. So that humility in relationship is that step. Yes. And speaking of that, okay, the second question is, because you raised this several times too, as, as you were closing your thoughts, um, what is your will for me? What is my purpose in life? You know, how does this all work? And that's the second request in Paul's prayer, but also in the step 11 of the recovery. How do you find God's will?
1: You know, that that is a difficult question to understand when you're going through any type of troubles. And it's also very difficult to understand if you're going through anything outside of Christ. If you're going through a problem and you're not relying on Christ, that's gonna make it very difficult for you to connect or understand what the purpose is for that situation in your life. But something that happened for me, anytime that I would start to drift, anytime that I would just lose focus and honestly just deny anyone's help, anyone from our community's help, God would just constantly just embrace me and show me love through many people. Not only our Christ Journey family, let me start off by saying this. What God did within the first week of us being in the hospital was amazing because he would show his embrace not only through Christ Journey people, but also through social services, hmm. through uh, different nurses, through different employees from our Baptist health, um, from, from Baptist health. It was just amazing to see how God's presence was coming in through others and even when I think about this spiritual strengthening there are moments that we are going to feel weak like we can't do it on our own and the reality is that Christ embodied and showed us so many ways to just overcome the obstacles but there are moments that I know I felt weak Mm. I know I couldn't and I literally needed a spotter to be by my side because when I focus on things outside of Christ, outside of our community, instead of drawing closer to his purpose, drawing closer to the Father, I'm giving the things and the people around me more power and more strength mm. than our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. I'm trusting them more. And when those things fall apart, my life falls apart. See, as we're giving more power and more importance to those things because of the pain we're, const- we're either currently feeling or constantly feeling, then we're putting God aside, we're putting all of his power second when we should be putting it first in our lives. See, when we doubt, when we worry, or even rationalize that something or someone is bigger or more powerful than Christ, Mm -hmm. then we are falling into the trap of the enemy. You see, as these lines become blurred and they start to just draw a picture that's not reality, then what happens is that we're creating these spiritual blind spots Mm. and we're not able to see God's big picture. See, through our circumstances, the Holy Spirit, His word, prayer, community with those around us help us to understand God's will for our lives. See, during those 38 days, during those 38 days, I went through many spiritual practices, Mm. things that I thought would help me get closer to him. And you know what, there were a lot of moments that I felt empty. There were a lot of moments that I just didn't feel him. Mm. But what God did, like I said, through people was beyond me. As that hospital room would slowly become a church. (laughs) As people would bring instruments to sing worship with me. As we would just sing songs together to drown out all of the noise of people screaming around. As we would just sit there and read scripture. I remember how God would embrace me and not allow me to feel alone even as I rejected his help. And it's hard to say that because as a leader, I know it's something that I fight to admit when I fall, to admit my weakness. But every time I felt alone, he showed up. And through the people that showed up with him, Mm -hmm. they reminded me that I still have a purpose. I still have a reason to continue. One of the beautiful pictures that I remember from that day, Bill, and I don't know if you know this, but um, every Sunday that we had communion Sunday here, people would take elements back to my room. Hmm. So like that, we could take communion together so that I could feel like I am a part of our church, even though I was disconnected physically. See, and as I sat in that room every day, what his spirit did was something amazing. For 38 days, I just remember the amount of pain that I endured. But I also remember this wonderful picture that was at the foot of my bed. And that picture, for the first two weeks, I really didn't know what was going on. And here's a picture of my wife and I, after my first surgery. Mm. After the first surgery, we're standing there taking a smiling picture, and what you see behind is a blurry picture of Yosemite. This is back in February. At that time, I did not know about that picture behind me. I didn't even understand the purpose that God had for that picture. But that picture sat in front of me for two weeks without me understanding what the location is or why it's there. Until Caleb Lopez, the same Caleb that invited me here to church, (laughs) he pops up one day in the room and his first comment is, Hey, Ralph, isn't that a picture of Yosemite where your brother is getting married later this year? So that, that not only created an inspiration for me to keep pushing, but it also created doubts. As I would look at that picture and ask myself, will I even make it? Am I gonna be able to physically stand for my brother's wedding? Well, the good news is that I was there last week on Saturday and I was able to enjoy his wedding. Look at that. Yeah, yeah man. And that's the lovely bride and groom right there. <laughs> man, and I'm gonna say one thing, I don't know how much God, how much time God's given me. I don't know if he's going to heal me. I don't know if I'll live pain free. I live in pain. But the reality is that I know he's given me a purpose today to keep pushing, to keep pushing the gospel and to trust in him a little bit more. So the first thing I do is I find ways to connect. The second way that, that I've seen our community come together as I was in my hurting times was through prayer as a community of believers would come in to encourage me and to pray with me Mm. so that we can connect with the Father together.
0: That's beautiful. Two things strike me as my takeaways. I don't know what you're hearing, but I've got two takeaways from that. The first one is the answer is stay in community, that God's will became clearer to you through his people, that he spoke and Uh, they spoke, and you had a sense of clarity, even when you didn't feel it, that you still had a sense of, well, I'm in this thing, you know, they, and we're connected. So in that, the, 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 the second piece of it was that Yosemite picture, that even though you looked at it, you didn't see what was there. And then when you saw what was there, it made your doubts rise up, like, will I go there? And then when we see the last one, it's like, the Lord was telling you all along, and then Caleb shows up to say, this is God's will, Mm -hmm. you know? You're in Yosemite, you're gonna be in Yosemite, and so you look at the Yosemite now and say, hey, I was there last week, and God was telling you, you're in my will even though you don't know it.
1: Yep, amen, amen. And
0: so that's a takeaway for me, that sometimes you can be right in the middle of God's will and don't know it, and that's okay. (laughs) if what you want to do is his will then his will will find you amen as you stay connected in relationship to Christ and stay in community with his people
1: amen amen yeah and even thinking about that trip one of the things that were it was it just came to light as soon as we arrived my son and I were driving up the mountains and I'm like dude did you notice we drove an hour here and we didn't need to stop once? Like normally we would have had to stop every—I would say every five to fifteen minutes because of the pain yeah, or just trying to find condition. right. So that was a gift in its own. As we hit that reality, we're you know almost at the peak, about to head down into the valley, and I'm like. God's just given us an answer. You know, is it the way that I wanted? It? Mm. No, it's not perfect how I wanted it. But at least to be enjoying that moment with my son, to have a yeah, revelation
0: man. like that was amazing. Well, and speaking and looking, why don't you introduce your family oh, to us? I will. Here.
1: <laughs> well, over here to our, well, you're right, my left, is Elizabeth, my beautiful wife. woo And then the hooded up guy with the hat on trying to hide from everyone is our 12-year-old son, R.J.
0: God bless you, R.J. Yeah. Well, the third question is how do you do it? I mean, where does the power come from? How do we get the power? Not how did you do it. But how, do, how can we do it?
1: Yeah. You know, one of, the, one of the things is that I have found myself often feeling like God has given me more than I can handle. I have even vocalized that to people like, hey, God's given me more than I can handle. And you know what? That's a two-part statement. Number one, it's a lie from the enemy. I'm going to start off by saying that. That thought is a lie from the enemy. But it's also a striking reality. Why do I say that? Because on my own, it, everything that I've gone through is way too much to handle by Mm -hmm. myself. Everything that I've endured, every obstacle that I've overcome, anything that our family has truly seen to now be a shining, radiant gift from God has been because Christ has been living in us. There wouldn't have been one moment that we could have overcome on our own. You know, this past year has been full of different, just fears coming to life. struggles and that's not only physically Mm. that's also mentally as a leader as a pastor as a husband as a father many insecurities and inabilities have popped up into my mind Mm. but the beautiful thing is to see how God moved during the most difficult moments of our lives how this step step 11 through meditation and prayer we were able to connect with the father How we were able to pray to connect with his will and understand it a little bit better. Because as we focus with the father, his power, the power of the spirit meets us in our hurts. It meets us in our storms. See, throughout the years, in my weakest moments, in those moments that I am battling, I have cried out to the Lord. Father, show me your power. Heal me. I know you have the power to heal me. Father, where are you? I don't feel you. And the reason why I have gone to him is because the things around me have only driven me further away from his purpose for my life. As I looked around for the worldly things, it would just cause a division between me and the father and his purpose for my life. See, even when I have felt like a failure, even when I've been sick, when I've lost jobs because of my sickness, or when any situation pops up, I'm reminded that God's given me a beautiful community. This Christ Journey community has become a backboard for our family during the hard struggles. See, but even when I'm denying this community because the problems are so big and I'm trying to see our Father's will for my life at the moment, he gave me someone else, a suitable partner, mm. a partner that has been there through every bad situation in my life. And every time, she didn't make a choice to run away. She could have. Instead, she made a choice to grab my hand and to go, him, go to him with prayer. At the moments that I doubted, she still had faith. And that relationship has shown me that the stamina, right, to keep on going, Mm. it's a daily battle. It's a daily battle of us battling our flesh, our previous experiences, our wants, the wants that we want instantaneously instead of waiting for his will. And the reason why I say it's a daily battle is because not only do we experience it in our lives, But when I look at our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and what he modeled for us in his times of pain, that's what brought me to understand that God loves us and has a huge purpose for our lives. Mm -hmm. See, when Jesus had his hard problems, when Jesus was faced with a circumstance that, you know what, maybe was difficult even for God, right? Because Jesus Mm -hmm. is God. He didn't run into the world. Instead, he ran into the Father, Giving glory to the Father, and the Spirit met him there with the power that he needed to overcome. You see, every challenging moment in the life of Christ, we see this going on over and over. Mm. Jesus is finding a way to connect, to pray to the Father, and then he is receiving the power of the Spirit. Mm. And it's funny because when I finish the 9:30 the experience, someone comes over. Uh, one of our members, and she says, you know, Ralph, as you're saying the three points to connect, pray, and receive, that's those initials say CPR. And that is such a life-giving thought because <laughs> I, I, I didn't even think about it. But the reality is that through the CPR, right, Jesus is giving us the power we need to carry out specific ob- obstacles in our lives to carry out specific things that only we can carry out as he is empowering us. So when you ask me, how do do I overcome? How do we overcome in his kingdom? Three simple things, CPR, connect with him, pray to the father asking him, father, show me your will and may I be honoring your will or whatever prayer he gives you at that moment. Mm. And third, receive the power of the spirit because on your own, on your own you may be able to accomplish certain things but there are obstacles that may destroy you inside one of the things that i love about jesus that he constantly showed time and time again is this one verse from james chapter 1 verse 12 well there are many other things but in this story particular particularly is this where it says blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I don't know what you think that means, but to me, it's a huge gift. Hmm. It's a huge gift because what God is giving us is a crown of life. That literally means as we persevere, as we stand the test, he is promising us life evermore with him. See, when I think about Jesus' death, I know that he felt pain. It wasn't like my hospital visit that I had a choice to take sedatives or other medications. He had a choice, but he denied it all. He took on all of the humanly pain on all of the humanly pain on that cross. He made a choice to take it on on our behalf. He didn't have to do that. The reason why he did it is for James 1.12. So that when we stand in the hard times, so that when we persevere we will receive a crown of life. The beautiful thing about Jesus being God is that he had every opportunity, every opportunity to just say, you know what? I am the I am, I got this at any hard moment. But instead we didn't see him do that. What we constantly saw Jesus do was retreat a lot of times, even calling his followers to go and retreat in prayer He would go and look for ways to connect with the Father, to pray to Him, asking for His will to be done. And then what would happen is that He would receive the power of the Spirit. So as you are going through struggles, as you are praying through whatever situation you may have come up, just find ways to connect with Him. Whether it's in Scripture, worship within your community. Find a way to connect with him so that you can pray to better understand why it is that he's given you this situation. And once you have connected with him, sit back and just receive the power of his spirit that will help you overcome anything, anything that is in front of you.
0: Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, God. Beautiful and powerful. <laughs> Amen. Um. And so what I'm taking away from that, I heard you say that, you know, you know God has the power to heal, but I also heard you say that you're even having pain today. And so sometimes God's power takes away the pain. Sometimes, and in your journey, like James said, he gives you the power to push through the pain and to persevere even in the pain. Is that right?
1: That's right on, Bill. Bill.
0: So, um, so then this struck me as well because that verse also says that he has a crown of life. And then it occurred to me that that opening story I told about sawing off the head with the crown on it, that what the enemy tries to do is take off our head and steal our crown and God's saying, that's not going to happen. I'm going to be there for you. You stay connected to me. You lean in by faith in my community to the doing of my will and then my power will see that there's a crown on your head when the test is done. Amen. And so for somebody, that's your message today. You're in the test, you're in the trial, you're trying to keep your head, you're trying to figure out what is God's will, <laughs> why is this happening? And yet some, you may be right in the middle of his will and not know it and it's okay because Yosemite is coming. Amen. Could we pray together? Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, for that sister, for that brother, for, um, for these trials, the tests that are being endured even now, how we pray, thanking you for your servant Ralph, sharing his story with us about how he's living your truth, how he's applying your word, how he's experiencing your spirit, how your people have helped him. Keep connection and fulfill your will. And we pray this for every person connecting with us today. In the house, online, wherever the connections are taking place. Somebody right now is leaning into you. Is reconnecting with you. And we pray that they would sense your power even in the middle of their pain. We thank you for the testimony that Ralph has shared with us of his family, of his wife, of their faith together. We're also remembering that not all of us have someone so close to us like that, but you promised to never leave us alone, that we're never on our own. So I pray that someone who feels all alone right now would sense your spirit strengthening them Whispering, breathing new life into their soul. Relieve their pain, but show up, God, in present Yosemite strength. And perhaps this is your day to begin a personal relationship with Jesus, to understand that He gets you personally and you would like to get to know Him better. If that's you, then you can. Take that step of faith toward him with this prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I believe you love me. I believe you are on that cross for me in love. Forgive my sins. Fill me with your spirit as I learn now to follow you, to do your will, to experience the power of your spirit within me knowing that there's a crown coming for me. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, our heads are still bowed for just a moment, but you would let me ask God's blessing upon the next steps of your faith from this time. Would you just slip your hand up in the air and hold it there for just a moment? If you're joining us online, please check into the chat and let us join you in prayer as well. To my left, toward the back of the room, God bless you, all the way. And then against the wall, amen. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. And then right here toward the middle, amen. Hi. I see you seeing me, and I'm thankful for your hand being raised. Anyone else? Oh, to my right, I'm seeing four hands right toward the middle and back. God bless you. And then here in the middle, the very middle section, Lord Jesus, for every person who by uplifted hand today and for the many that I haven't seen who are from their hearts saying, Lord, get me, please. He gets us. Then get me, Lord. Come visit me. Come into my life. For every person who has opened their heart in fresh faith to you, we pray that your response would be fresh healing and joy and peace thank you for the story once again of your servant Ralph. May the power and hope that he has communicated be with every person who has taken that step of faith today as we make our prayer in your name. Amen.